everybody, and welcome to Thematic Commander. My name is Jason. I love Magic the Gathering, and I also love building themed EDH decks. On this channel, I'm going to take some of your favorite stories, TV shows, lore, game mechanics, and turn them into playable EDH decks that still tell a story. Thanks, everybody, and on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week, we're going to be going over Kenrith, the Returned King, and the deck is called That's Not My Drink. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. I will, and I choose. What in the world can that be? What? Where? I don't see anything. Oh, well, I, I could have sworn I saw something. I thought no matter. <laughs> What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First... Let's drink. Me from my glass, and you from yours. <laughs> you guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> so this week we're going to be looking at Kenrith, the returned king. Kenrith is four white, five-five legendary creature, human noble. It has a bunch of abilities, which we'll go over in the second section here. This week's deck, we're going to be taking a look at Tainted Remedy and False Cure and Reign of Gore as the theme to our deck. Um, I'll go over those a little bit uh, later in section two. But we're going to go over a little bit of history with Kenrith. So Kenrith, the returned king. So Kenrith is the high king of the realm of Eldraine. He has his queen, Lyndon Kenrith. And he has three children, Edric, Hazel, Rowan, and Will Kenrith. Uh, Rowan and Will, you might be familiar with. They're the blue and black plane, or blue and red planeswalker from Throne of Eldraine. Uh, a little bit of history behind him is Kenrith and Lyndon both were given the quest by the Questing Beast to go out and gain the favor from all five of the courts in Eldraine. They both quested together, and after a while, they fell in love. They were both imbued with a sword from the quest, uh, both imbued with swords from the questing beast that can bestow life. In the ongoing years of their quest, they did separate to try and finish the quests on their own. Uh, Lyndon went off to gain her favor in one of the realms, whereas Kenrith, also with his first name being Argonus, Argonus Kenrith. Ken, yeah, Argonus Kenrith, uh, got enthralled by a witch and then was forced to be uh, impregnate her, and that's where the twins Rowan and Will came from. Uh, they were both killed by the witch, in which she used their blood to create an elixir, of, to create an elixir that will extend her life. When Lyndon finally found Argonus, she broke the witch's spell with a kiss and then used her sword to restore the twins' lives after slaying the witch that had enthralled uh, Kenrith. Kenrith went on to 
finish the quest and gain the favor of all five realms, becoming the king of Eldraine. The main purpose of the king of Eldraine is to protect the realms from the wilds. That's the fairy, I guess you would call it like basically Lorwyn, kind of, not really, or maybe Shadowmoor. But the wilds are what, like you see all the fairy tales and the fairies and the different mythical beasts come from the wilds. And it's the job of the king to create order within the normal realm to keep the wilds at bay. Kenrith, 18 years later, after becoming king, gets abducted by Oko, the planeswalker, and turned into a stag in which his children, Rowan and Will, managed to go into the wilds and prevent the killing of their father, Kenrith in a plot by Oko to create a war between the Wilds and, and the Mortal Plane. So a little bit about the deck before we get into it. Um, I've a little bit of history behind this deck. So I've always really wanted to make a deck where you're basically forcing your opponents to gain life. Uh, and that's where this deck is kind of coming from. We have cards like Reign of Gore and Tainted Pact, or no, False Cure and Tainted Remedy. Uh, all ways to basically force your opponent to gain lives, to gain life. Uh, and I'll see you in the next section. Oh, right. The poison. The poison for Cusco. The poison chosen specially to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. Fat poison? Yes, that poison. Gotcha covered. All right. So we're in this section. Uh, so there might not be a third section because I'm basically going to be going through how you play the deck right in this section. So let's go through it. So we have our namesake of the deck, False Cure. False Cure, some people might not be familiar with. It's two, It's black, black, instant. Until end of turn, whenever a player gains life, that player loses two life for each one life he or she gained. So now you're going to see as we go through, we have ways to force our opponents to gain life multiple times over a turn. But this is one of the effects that we're going to really rely upon and depend upon as the deck goes on, we have Tainted Remedy, two black enchantment. If an opponent would gain life, that player loses that much life instead. And then we have our last effect in, in the Tainted section, which is Reign of Gore, which is black-red enchantment. If a spell or ability would cause its controller to gain life, that player loses that much life instead. So Reign of Gore is the one that kind of sticks out as a little bit different than the other ones or the wording on it, is if a spell or ability would cause its controller to gain life. So you'd have to be able to give your opponent's creatures lifelink, which we have some ways to do that in here, but any of the effects that work with False Cure or Tainted Remedy are not going to work with Reign of Gore. Uh, but it's still a really good card for that. It does shut off a few things, so this is going to be one of the cards you're going to want to try and get basically last with our next section, our tutor package. So... We have a, quite a few tutors because there's only three effects that create our tainted effect and we need to get those at some point in the game. So we have Demonic Tutor, one black, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library, sorcery. Enlightened Tutor, as you notice, two of the effects that we're going to need are actually enchantments. So Enlightened Tutor is a great way to get that. If you're not familiar with Enlightened Tutor, it's, one, it's white, instant, search your library for an artifact or enchantment card and reveal it. Shuffle your library, then put it in. Put it on top of your library. 
Idealic Tutor, two and a white, sorcery, search your library for an enchantment, reveal it, put it into your hand. Scheming Symmetry. Now, I really like Scheming Symmetry. I think it's an underplayed card, because if you're in a four-person pod, there is going to be one person that's kind of falling behind, and they're not going to really care what you're going to search for. So they might not be like, oh, let me go get my nature's claim for your tainted remedy. They're going to be like, no, let me go get that land I've been missing for five turns. Scheming Symmetry is one black, sorcery. Choose two players. Each of those, each of them searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts it on top. Sterling Grove, also a way to protect our enchantments when we need to, uh, also a way to tutor them up. So this is green, white, enchantment. All other enchantments you control can't be targeted spells or abilities. Awesome. We really don't need Tainted Remedy leaving the battlefield. Sacrifice Sterling Grove. Search your library for an enchantment card. Reveal it. Shuffle your library. Then put it on top. And then also another card just like Scheming Symmetry. I really like this card in Wishclaw Talisman. This is kind of like the Monkey's Claw where you can make a wish but it's going to come back to bite you. So one black artifact. Witchclaw Talisman enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it. Pay one, tap, remove a wish counter from it, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Another opponent gains control of Wishclaw Talisman, activate this ability only on your turn. So just a really great card. If you can make deals, be like, hey, I'll give this to you, I see you're behind, you search something up and you give it right back to me, you might be able to get another tutor. Everybody can always say no if they really want to, but... You never know. Somebody might help you out. And now we have the ways to force life gain. Now these are cards that are either going to give your opponent's cards lifelink or they're just going to have an effect where when they come into play, they make your opponent play or gain life no matter what. So we're going to start with Alms Beast, two white black creature beast. Creatures blocking or blocked by Alms Beast have lifelink, and it's a 6-6. Six, six. So a little above curve, right? Four mana for a 6-6, six, six, but it has that key ability where you're giving your opponent's creatures lifelink. So if you have Rainagore out, if they're going to block your Alms Beast and they want to kill it, they're going to lose six life no matter what uh, with Rainagore or Tainted Remedy or, or Tainted Remedy or False Cure where they're going to be losing 12 life. Aria Flame to Red Enchantment. When Aria Flame enters the battlefield, each opponent gains 10 life. That's pretty insane. <laughs> Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a verse counter on Aria Flame. Then it deals damage equal to the number of verse counters on it to target creature or planeswalker. So, I mean, right off the bat, if you have a way, if you have one of our tainted effects out, Aria Flame is just going to deal 10 to everybody. So 30 damage right off the bat. False Cure, 20 damage right off the bat. But then, we also do play quite a few instants and sorceries in our tutor package, in some of our removal sweep here. Um, and we do have ways to reoccur uh, instances, or an instant in our deck. So Aria Flame can also just build up, build up, and build up and kill them. Armistice. Two and a white enchantment has the activate ability. Three white, white, draw a card and target opponent gains three life. So just end step. I have five mana open. I'll draw a card. You gain, you gain three life. You lose three life instead. It's also to be noted that the past two cards were both enchantments that can be get gotten, can be gotten by our enlightened tutor or our idyllic tutor.
So if we need to get a way to kill somebody, it's pretty good. Now we have a suite of a few removal spells that are going to force our opponents to gain life in Condemn. One white, instant, put target, attacking creature on the bottom of its owner's library. Its controller gains life equal to its toughness. Another gain life effect, also a really good removal. Devourer Flesh. One black, instant, target player sacrifices a creature, then gains life equal to that creature's toughness. So, Devour Flesh, say your opponent has that Eldrazi. You Devour Flesh, they gain 10. Hopefully they'll be losing 10 instead. Then we have Oust, one white, sorcery, put target creature into its owner's library second from the top, its controller gains three life. Path of Peace, three white, sorcery, destroy target creature, its controller gains four life. Swords to Plowshare, also pretty great card. One white, one white, instant, exile target creature, its controller gains life equal to its power. And then that would be all the instant incident sorcery uh spells that get rid of a creature well and then fiery justice red green white sorcery fiery justice deals five damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures or players the target opponent gains five life oh i don't think i went over it but kenrith the returned king four white legendary creature human noble has five different abilities Pay one red. All creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. One in a green. Target a, Put a 1-1 one, one counter on target creature. Two in a white. Target opponent or target player gains five life. Now that's the one we're going to be wanting to use quite a bit. But we're probably going to use all of its abilities. Three in a blue. Target player draws a card. Four in a black. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. He starts as a 5-5. So yeah, we're going to be using that 2 and a white. Target opponent gains 5 life. Instead, hopefully going to be losing 5 life. And we can activate that multiple times a turn. There's no tap ability on it. Onto some ways to give our opponent's lifelink. Uh, and going down the list here. Felidar Umbra. 1 and a white. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature has lifelink. And then... One white, attach Felidar Umbra to target creature you control. So you can enchant another player's creature. Give it lifelink. Give it lifelink. And then say they're about to have that creature die. Because Felidar Umbra also has totem armor. Uh, totem armor says if enchanted creature would be destroyed, instead remove all damage from it, and destroy this aura. So say your opponent's like, well, this creature's useless, I can't attack with it anymore, he has Tainted Remedy out, or he has Reign of Gore out, uh, let me just sack it. So in response to him trying, er, in response to him trying to get rid of it, um, maybe not a sack effect, because that's part of the cost in most cases, but if he's trying to swing in and have it get destroyed, you can switch Felidar Umbra to one of your creatures. Heliod's Intervention. X, white, white. Instant. Destroy X, target artifacts or enchantments. Great removal spell. Uh, but it also has, you can also choose this, target player gains twice X life. Uh, so with Tainted Remedy or False Cure um, out, you can just sometimes just fireball someone straight out 
whereas X is times two. We have Heliod Suncrowned, two and a white, legendary enchantment creature god, 5-5, five, five, indestructible, as long as your devotion to white is less than five, it's not a creature. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control. One white, another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. So you can give your opponent's creatures lifelink if you have one of their effects out. Or if we're just like in a bad situation and we have our creatures having lifelink, because remember, we are also just half of a life gain deck. We can just start putting plus one, plus one counters on one of our creatures and start going to town and just swinging, swinging, gain five life with our general. Now he's a six, six, everything like that. You have hopeful, uh, hopeful Eidolon, one white enchantment creature spirit. It has bestow for three and a white. You can enchant target creature and that creature would have lifelink and we get plus one, plus one. If that creature dies, it becomes a creature again. And I believe it comes into play under your your control, but I'm not completely sure about that. But it's just another way to give your opponent's creatures lifelink uh, and also just a creature for us. Invigorate, two and a green. If you control a forest rather than paying Invigorate's cost, you may have target opponent gain three life. Target creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. So you can use this on your combat, on your opponent's combat, um, just a free spell to play. Give one of your creatures protection for a turn from a Toxic Deluge, anything like that. Or mix up combat and try and get one of your opponents out of the game. Laquatus' Champion, 4, Black Black, Creature Nightmare Horror. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent loses 6 life. When it leaves the battlefield, that player gains 6 life. So if we have Tainted Remedy out, I'm going to stop saying that. If we have one of our effects out, it's effectively deal 12 damage to one player. It also has regenerate for one black, and it's a 6-3. Then we have little old lifelink. For one white, enchanted creature gains lifelink. So now lifelink is going to play more of like a pacifism-esque card in our deck. Um, or we can just put it on one of our creatures and give them lifelink. Luminate Primordial, 5 white white. Creature Avatar, Vigilance, when it enters the battlefield, for each opponent, exile up to one target creature that player controls, and that player gains life equal to that power. So it's a Swords to Plowshare, but three Swords to Plowshares with a body, which is a 4-7. Feldegriff, one white, blue, green, legendary hippo, 4-4. <laughs> you can pay one white, it gains flying until in turn, target opponent gains two life. So now if you just have a bunch of white... Uh, white out, you can just gunshot, giving a, post a person two life, two life, two life. Uh, one blue, return Feldegriff to its hand, target opponent may draw a card. We're probably not going to use that. It gains trample. Uh, for one green, it gains trample. And put a hippo token into play under an opponent's control. Counts as a 1-1 one, one green creature. Questing Feldegriff, one green, white, blue, 4-4. Four, four. Pay one green, questing Feldegriffs gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target opponent gets a 1-1 one, one Hippo token. Pay one white, questing Feldegriff gains protection from black and red until end of turn. Target opponent gains two life. Pay one blue, gains flying, and target opponent draws a card. Reward the Faithful. Now, this was kind of interesting. I was looking through my bulk, and I kind of found this card. One white, instant. Any number of target players each gain life equal to the highest converted mana cost 
among permanents you control. So if we just have our commander out, for one white, we can make everybody lose five life right there. Uh, the highest converted mana cost permanent that we have is six, and we'll get to those in just a minute here. So we might be able to just six our opponents. Sky Shroud Cutter, three green. If you control a forest, you may have each other player gain five life instead of paying Sky Shroud Cutter's mana cost. It's a 2-2. Two -two. So you can just get a free 2-2, free two -two, I guess. It's not too, too bad. Vitality Hunter. This is Now, this is a brand new card from the Ikoria Commander set. Three white nightmare creature. Lifelink. X white white monstrous X. When it becomes monstrous, put a lifelink counter on each of up to X target creatures, and it is a 3-4. So, say you just need to give their entire opponent's team lifelink so that you can uh, basically have them not swing with it. Or, at instant speed, you just want to give them all lifelinks because now they're attacking, they can't get out of it. You give them all lifelink, they hit, they all lose the life, and it's all good gravy from there. Viscopa Guild Mage, white, black, Human Wizard one, has activated ability. One white, black target creature gains lifelink until end turn. Okay. Just a great way to do that. It doesn't cause it to tap. One white, black. Whenever you gain life this turn, each opponent loses that much life. So if we are just on our attack plan, gaining life our own way, now we're going to be dealing double the damage. Wall of Shards. One white. One eight. Flying Defender. A cumulative upkeep and a, a cumulative upkeep an opponent gains one life. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a age counter on this permanent. Then sacrifice it unless you pay its upkeep cost for each age counter on it. So now for the most part, we'll just get a really early game one eight. So nobody's really hopefully gonna be swinging through that for a little bit. And then we're gonna be gaining the accumulative upkeep counters. So one, two, and it just keeps building from there, and you can have it going around the table. So player to your left gains one, player to your uh, to their left gains one, and it keeps going like that. Now we have a few of our payoff or slash combo cards. So some of our payoff slash combo cards would be Punishing Fire. Uh, now this was a this used to be a legacy kind of staple a long time ago. One red instant Punishing Fire deals two damage to target creature or player whenever an opponent gains life. You may pay one red if you do return Punishing Fire from your graveyard to your hand. So if you just don't have either of your Tainted Effects out, uh, or any of your Tainted Effects out, you can just start Punishing Fire off of the Wall of Shards and start pinging down people's creatures um, or anything like that. It also works well with Grove of the Burn Willows. Grove of the Burn Willows is a land... Tap, add one colors to your mana pool, or tap, add one green or red to your mana pool. Each opponent gains one life. So Burning Grove just becomes a curse of pierced heart when we have Tainted Remedy out. Kavu Predator, one green, two two, Kavu, Trample. Whenever an opponent gains life, put that many one, plus one plus one counters on Kavu Predator. So now... Right, we have our Wall of Shards gets huge with cumulative upkeep counters. We get our Kavu Predator out. Now we're just getting a, like, 8-8 Trample uh, Kavu Predator. Beacon of Immortality, 5 and a white. 
instant double target player's life total, then shuffle it into your li- shuffle uh, beacon of immortality into your life into your library. It's an instant. Now beacon of immortality with one of our effects out, they we are doubling their life, but that is life gain in and of itself. So instead of doubling their life, we're going to actually half their life, or we're going to actually kill them. So this is a two card combo in the deck. Uh, but Beacon of Mortality is six mana. So by the time we're doing it, we could do it as t- soon as turn four with a god hand, but it's not anything too scary. Axis of Immortality, four white, white enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may have two target players exchange their life totals. Now, if you're exchanging their life totals, somebody is going to go up, hopefully. Unless they're both even, then nothing really happens. But that person going up, with one of our tainted effects, is actually going to lose that life instead. So at the beginning of our upkeep, we can keep having each opponent lose life, or we can exchange it with our life total, if our life total is low, and have them just lose the life. And then, But we can keep exchanging until they lose life. And then our one last card in the combo slash synergy section is Icecrown Scepter. Icecrown Scepter is two mana, artifact, imprint, when Icecrown Center enters the battlefield, may exile an instant card with converted mana cost two or less from your hand. You can pay two, tap. You may copy the exiled card. If you do, you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So we'd really want to get False Cure underneath Icecrown Scepter, or we can just get like Oust or Swords to Plowshare and always have an effect that can kill a creature. Onto our ramp section, we have Soul Ring, Selesnya Signet, Rampant Growth, or, or Orzov Signet, Rakdos Signet, Nature's Lore, Golgari Signet, Farseek, Boros Signet, Arcane Signet, and Chromatic Lantern. Um, just a bunch of two-drop ramp spells, and then we obviously need to have Chromatic Lantern if we want to be using all of Kenrith's abilities right on time. Some protection effects. We have Blind Obedience. One white enchantment extort. You can pay one black or white and deal one, or each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life. But artifacts and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Ghostly Prison, two and a white enchantment. Creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two to for each creature they control attacking. And then Teferi's Protection, two and a white until end of turn your life total can't change. And you have protection from everything. All permanents you control phase out. And then exile to fairy's protection. We have some draw effects and some wrath effects. Merciless eviction. Four white, black, sorcery. Choose one. Exile all, artif- exile all artifacts. Exile all creatures. Exile all enchantments. Exile all planeswalkers. Just a really good answer all. Wrath of God, two white, white, destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. And then some draw effects in Painful Truths, two and a black. Painful Truths, two and a black. Converge, you draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the number of colors spent to pay this spell. So you can, most of the time, draw three, lose three. And then read the bones, two and a black. Scry two, then draw two, you lose two life. We have a few miscellaneous creatures, but two of them are really good for making sure we don't lose our combo piece in Sun Titan. Sun Titan is four white-white, giant, vigilance. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you may return target permanent 
card with converted mana costs three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's both of our effects that we really need to have in Reign of Gore and Tainted Remedy, and it is a 6-6. And then Monk Idealist, 2 and a white, 2-2. When it enters the battlefield, return target enchantment from your graveyard to your hand. Twilight Prophet, just a very good value card, also a draw effect. 2, black, black, flying, ascend. You have to have 10 permanents and you get the city's blessing. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have the city's blessing, reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand. Each opponent loses X life and you gain X life where X is that that card's converted mana cost. It is a 2-4. And then Hostage Taker. 2, blue, black, 2-3. When it enters the battlefield, exile target artifact or enchantment until Hostage leaves the battlefield. You may cast that card as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it's any color to cast this spell. It's a it's a cheaper Gilded Drake, I like, or it's a cheaper as in money-wise Gilded Drake. That's why I like playing it. And then our last card is Smothering Tides, three and a white enchantment. Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two. If that player doesn't, you cast a, you get a colorless treasure token, which is Saxad mana. And then a few cards that, a few lands that are notable. I'm personally playing uh, both City of Brass, Forbidden Orchard, and Mana Confluence. Um, and then a bunch of our filter lands and the dual, the dual Ravnica dual lands I'm also playing. Uh, but Hall of Heliod's Generosity, Legendary Land, taps to add one colors to your mana pool or one white tap put target enchantment from your graveyard on top of your library. So this also just helps us get back our combo pieces that we're going to need. And with that, on to section three. Yes, healing. That is a thing I know how to do. I just need to take Bow and Glimmer over to those trees for a moment. I know what I'm doing. Did I do it? No, you punched a tree. Is that what happened to our horse? So I haven't played this deck yet, but I'm hoping to play it soon. Um, I'm playing with my friends basically on webcam or some games with spell table. So I like how the deck looks at the moment. Right now we're playing about 16 creatures. So that's a little bit lower than I usually like playing. Uh, we're playing 12 instances and 13 sorceries. So for Aria Flame, I think that's really, I mean, we're right on target for that. We can also just reoccur Punishing Fire as many times as we want to. And as Aria Flame keeps building um, and all the ways we have our opponents to gain life, uh, we're going to start dealing damage with that. I am playing quite a few tutors. I'm playing about seven tutors that are specific to finding our combo piece, uh, but we're going to need to get them. And with only three effects like that, it's I think needed in a deck of this kind of like with this kind of theme. We are playing we are playing quite a bit of removal and some pretty efficient removal. I mean Swords of Plowshare being one white, oust, condemn, devour flesh, just all of these nice removal, low drop removal spells uh, that we're getting to play. The deck does play in two different ways. Uh either we have lifelink and we're just gaining life and bringing our life total out of reach of our opponents. Or, on the reverse side, when we get our final combo pieces, now we're just starting to make our opponents lose life. Uh, Kenrith, I've chosen 
Because I'm pretty sure he's one of the only generals, legendary creatures, that force your opponents to gain life that are within the black color pie. I really like that we do have a few kind of... we. I like that we have an instant kill in the deck. If we get False Cure or Tainted Remedy out uh, with Beacon of Immortality, we just insta-kill somebody right at the table. I mean, that makes us the big villains at that point. Uh, so that better be like one of the last people that you kill is with that effect. We're most heavily gearing towards white. So with our mana ramp, you're probably going to want to get either out one of our white cards um, or you're going to want to gear our signets more to all being able to produce white if we can. The least amount of color that we have in the deck. I don't even know if we're playing... We're not playing a single blue card in the main deck. Ex well, no, actually we're playing two... We're not playing a single only blue card, but in both the Feldegriffs, we're playing our only blue effects, uh, along with our general, which the, having the draw effect's pretty good. We're also a little bit light on green, whereas our only green cards, obviously, again, are the Feldegriffs, but Invigorate and Sky Shroud Cutter being our two creatures, along with the one other payoff creature being Kavu Predator, and then a little bit of our ramp package. We are focusing more on black, white, and red. Our average converted mana cost is actually right where we want it to be at 2.83. That's because we are playing quite a few low drop removal spells. And our, a lot of our ramp package is just two converted mana cost. With our high end being the highest converted mana cost spell in our deck being Luminous Primordial. But usually that'll just clear out the field when it comes time. Alright, well, let's get on to the fourth part of our section here. Oh, I could never hate you. If you must go, then I'm, I'm sending you off with a toast. To our friendship, I would move heaven and earth for you, mi amigo. Salud! You walked me to the train station, but I felt a pain in my stomach. I thought it must have been something I ate. Perhaps it was that chorizo, my friend. Or something I drank. I woke up dead. You poisoned me. You're confusing movies with reality, Hector. So in this section right now, we're going to be going over what's the, most ex the three most expensive cards in the deck. So most of our most expensive cards are going to be Demonic Tutor. Obviously, it's about $40, uh, just because it's such a powerful tutor card. Enlightened Tutor is also about $40, and then Teferi's Protection is about $32. The deck overall comes in at around $517, but that's with the mana base, and the mana base probably brings that up by about, I would say, 100 to uh, about $100 in total. Uh, so we're probably looking at about round 400. And that's mostly because we're playing so many tutor effects uh, and so many ways to try and, try and find our combo. Just as a heads up on how I've been doing it, I'm actually doing a 32 deck build challenge for myself. Um, but I'm also going to try and feature a few of those decks on shorter podcasts like this. Uh, the 32 challenge is basically one of every color, including colorless. One of every guild, one of every shard and wedge, and then one of every four color 
and then five color. Right now, Kenrith is probably going to be my five color. So this is probably going to be part of the 32 series. Uh, but I've already gotten quite a few of the decks together. But what I'm doing is once I have these 32 decks, if I want to build another deck, I go and look if I want to replace my existing color deck with that. And then with all of my cards, I'm actually not buying extra cards for each of those decks. I'm actually proxying inside that deck and keeping that proxied card, the actual copy, in a binder. So when I go out and play, I can just bring the binder with me oh, look, I'm playing this deck. I either pull out the cards from the binder or when I come across the proxy, I just pull it out of the binder and say, all right, I'm playing Demonic Tutor. Let me go get it. Got it. Here's the Demonic Tutor. And it just saves me on money. It saves me on time because I can't be building 32 decks and expect to buy multiples of City of Brass. City of Brass is just by itself is $20. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. I really think it's a great way to handle it. And with that, on to the end. There's water trapped inside these. I don't know. Suit yourself. It's very thirst quenching though. Drink cactus juice. It'll quench you. Nothing's quenchier. It's the quenchiest. Okay, I think you've had enough. Who lit Toph on fire? So thank you everybody for showing up. And listening to this real quick one, I hope everybody likes it. I'm still going to try and get out another episode next week. It'll probably be the start of the 32 decks. Uh, and I'll probably do 32, one of the 32 decks, and then a theme deck that I want to do on some kind of movie or something like that, or a tribe or something that catches my eye, and then a 32 deck and keep going back and forth like that. If you have any questions, feel free to text me or email me at WolfieMTG on Twitter or WolfieStar12 at gmail.com. Um, I'll probably try and gain the URL and the domain name for Thematic Commander. Uh, it does cost money to do every month, so probably around episode 10 I'm going to try and do a Patreon if people like this and I want to keep going with it. Um, then I'll set up a Patreon just so I can get the domain name, uh, get a hosting actual website going, everything like that. Uh, MTG Cast is great, but I really want to be able to have my own place for it. And then when I get the Patreon going, if people want to do it, uh, I'll create a Discord. We'll create a chat in which we can all talk, and then we can see how that goes from there. I am posting on YouTube. That's still at Thematic Commander if you want to go... Uh, and subscribe to that, please do. If you don't, that's okay. I am going to try and get a guest on. I do want to get a hold of Rachel Reitz from the Command Sphere podcast, which is hilarious. Definitely go and watch all of their backlogs. It is definitely worth it. But she has a pony deck that I really want to try and get a hold of and uh, have her come on. Because I know they're taking a break all through the month of July, which we're almost done with the month of July. But... Actually, we might be done with the month of July by the time I post this. But I want to try and get a hold of her. I'm probably going to try and have friends on with their theme decks. And we'll try and discuss stuff like that. It's all about coordinating with them. And it's hard to coordinate. But, alright. Thank you so much for listening. And keep it thematic. Keep it casual. I'm going to figure out what I want to do with the end. How are you feeling? This is peachy. Why are we whispering? Sound.
robots. What robots? The ones that are attacking us. Oh, those robots. Okay, I'm gonna take a nap now. No, 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 no. Stay awake. We have to go to Entrapta's lab and destroy this disc thing, and then you'll be all better again. Better? I'm fine. I'm Shira. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Glimmer. 